Welcome to 24 Karat Conversations with Phyllis and Rhonda, where two best friends decided to start a podcast on real women, real friendships, and real issues. Our mission Bible verse is Job 23.10. Yet he knows the way I have taken, and when he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. We want to encourage, inspire, and offer hope in a world where life can seem to be unrealistic. Be a support for you to cheer you on as a wife, mother, daughter, sister, and friend. Most of all, you get to relax and laugh with us about all things women. Plus, we like all things sparkly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hello, 24 Carat Tribe. We are so excited to have you with us today. Hey, Pete. We are interviewing a very special lady. Her name is Darla Salas, and I met her through a series of, well, through my daughter, but through a series of friends, and she goes to a church in Oakland, and she has two books that just came out, and we are super excited to interview her today. So welcome, Darla. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here and to talk with you guys. I'm just, I feel like I've known you guys forever. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I just love your first name because it reminds me of the Little Rascals. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, and that's what I was named after. Oh, I love it. Every time I came along. Everyone loves Darla. I know. I know. I know. Well, you, you have such an awesome spirit about you. You you are a Darla. You are a beautiful soul. So so tell us a little bit about you and your passion about these two books you wrote. You wrote two books called Living a Full and Healthy Life and Living a Faithful Life. So tell us um, what brought you to write these books. Yeah, um, so I'm, I'm a Midwest gal who just kept moving west until I found no snow. Mm. Um, I, I, <laughs> I don't, I've adjusted well. I've lived here for the last 20 years. I've adapted. I'm a true California girl in every sense of the word. <laughs> um, so, yes, that's how I ended up out here. Um, but I'm a pastor's kid, so um, just growing up knowing who God was, but not knowing him until I was, you know, much older and mm. realizing can't get into heaven on daddy's coattails. Oh. So you have to make a decision yourself. So yes. kind of hitting that reality in my teen years. Um, but I've always loved poetry and writing. That was always kind of my outlet to life, just kind of, you know, hiding in a, in a, a paper, hiding in paper with my, mm-hmm. my excuse for not talking like to that. people and dealing with what was really happening in the world. So, um, yeah, jump 20 years later and I'm out in California and just kind of, struggling with every job I've had, not, not happy, not where I'm supposed to be. And finally, God reminded me of a scripture that I was given at a church camp when I was 15 of Habakkuk 2.2 saying, you know, write my answers in large, clear letters on a tablet Mm. so that a runner can read it and tell everyone else. And I just thought, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's what I've known. So I kind of got back to that. And the first book, Living a Full and Healthy Life, was just kind of I had a ladies group and we were all talking about health and I thought there's so much more to physic than just physical health. There's mental mm. health, there's emotional health. Mm-hmm. And we thought, well, let's do a Bible study. And we started researching and there's not a book. So I thought, well, I'm going to write it then. That's, <laughs> wow. awesome. That's how the first book came about. Um, just for, I had done it just for our ladies group, but everyone was like, you need to do something with this. And so I learned the process of self-publishing and just kind of put it out there and kind of, you know, see where it stuck. And it was awesome. It was just amazing, you know, to sit down with women and have these discussions on mental health and emotional Mm -hmm. health and financial health and relationships and 
there's so much to help in our yeah. life and just finding the balance of what God has to say about it, what the world has to say about it, and kind of where we fit because we are in the world, but we are not of the world. And just so that's kind of the development of that first one. Mm-hmm. And then our family started dealing with a lot of health issues mm-hmm. um, in a matter of, you know, six months. I had two cousins, had our brother and sister get diagnosed with colon cancer, their father passed away, and my mother-in-law passed away. And it was like, okay, God. (laughs) And it was a total test of faith, and it was while I was writing, living a faithful life. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of, you know, realizing that God is calling you out of the boat and onto the, the water. And I love the story because when he called Peter out, the ra- you know, the raging waves didn't stop raging. Right. Mm-hmm. But he kept his focus on God and just he lost his focus for a moment. But when we do lose our focus, all we have to do is scream Jesus and he totally catches us and just that kind of faith and what it takes to live with that kind of faith. And I think with what we're walking through with this whole pandemic, yeah. we've all kind of had that test. Yeah. <laughs> now what, Lord? Now what? And just calling on his name. It's, it's as simple as that, but it, it's so much more. Mm-hmm. But yet it is just that simple of just, you know, trusting in him and relying on him and letting him direct you and, and lead you. And, you know, just keep your eyes on him and he will keep your path straight. And it just, I love it. We always forget, I want my path to be straight, but it's by keeping our eyes on him, it's speaking him first, mm-hmm. then all these things will be added. It's, it's so simple. It's just keeping our eyes on him, but it's, we're in such a world that it's right now, especially just so yeah. crazy, you know, that yeah. it's, yeah. So that's kind of where faithful life and mm. full and healthy life kind of came from just out of life experiences. And, and then I had the opportunity to translate it to Spanish. So that was wow, totally outside my box. <laughs> a white girl from the Midwest trying to do a Spanish yeah. stuff, But I, you know, I thought, no, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. God, yeah. come on, we're doing this. And so that gets to come out next week on super excited. That's exciting. And I know Darla, we talked um, previously about how much you love the Hispanic community. And I, I love that, that you shared that with me. And because we were talking about how sometimes as women, and especially trying to find your ministry as women, we tend to be silent about our faith in Christ. And it's, it's probably more, we were talking about being a little bit more magnified when you're um, from a Hispanic culture because of the way that we were raised, you know, because we weren't, a lot of us stayed home or, you know, we did the, in the back in the day, you know, when I even look at my mom, like in ministry, you know, she didn't, she was there to support my dad, mm-hmm. but she didn't have, oh, it wasn't well. as popular mm-hmm. to be, have, be a woman preacher right. in the eighties, you know, right. like you didn't yeah. have a lot right. of women right. doing that. So talk a little bit about that, because I think th- those are two topics that I feel we don't talk enough about. Um, especially like in the Hispanic culture where a lot of women feel like they don't have a, a voice, um, or they don't feel like yeah. they have a calling or an anointing on them for ministry. Yeah, so I had the opportunity in the late 90s um, while I was in college to take a mission trip to Tijuana, Mexico, and I just fell in love with everything about the culture and just the language and just the food and <laughs> just everything <laughs> was just amazing. And then when I obviously moved out here to the Bay Area and realized, you know, how, how white I was, <laughs> and, and how everybody here was not as white as I was, you know, but I just... I did. I, I was in, able to be involved in and immersed in that culture for almost seven years, just 
in that living it, breathing it, and it just was an awesome experience of learning the language and the foods and and the personality types of, you know, from different Latin cultures of, you know, that there's a difference between Mexico and El Salvador, you yeah. know, just learning all those kind of things. But what was one thing that stood out to me that I didn't fit in well was because I knew I had a voice and I was shushed a lot <laughs> and mm-hmm. just sit quietly, let the men do it. And I just thought, now this isn't right, you know, in my mind, but it's in, it's in, I think almost every culture has right. to some degree, but what I was so aware of just being in that was, but God, you've given me a voice, mm-hmm. you know, and the scripture is full of, you know, you have Tabitha or Dorcas, however you know her and mm-hmm. I, you know, that God brought her back to life for a reason. You know, she was giving, she was helping the poor. And then you have like Lydia, who's a businesswoman. You know, she was, neither of those women do you ever hear about a spouse, That's you know, true. Like, they have a ministry. They mm-hmm. have, you know, God, they're in scripture and mm-hmm. Jesus you know, the first person he went and talked to is the Samaritan woman, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> Mary Magdalene, like you can do this all day of just pulling out women from mm-hmm. scripture. And I thought, God, women are so vital to your ministry. Right. How is this not, how is this never preached on? How is this never talked about? Yeah. You know, the Esther who saved her people, right. you know, and Ruth, who, if Ruth hadn't met Boaz and followed Naomi, like, mm-hmm. you know, why are these not talked about? And that kind of just became such a fire in me that I thought, oh, this has to be discussed. And so when I had the opportunity to to translate this to Spanish, I thought, oh, I'm taking this. Yeah. And I'm going to walk through every door that God even remotely cracks. I'm just going to bust it down and go in because the women, we do have a voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we do have, we are such emotional women. You know, we are based on emotion and feelings and you know, men are all logic. And I'm not saying, you know, that's kind of a blanket statement, but it's, you right. know, we are emotional beings and we're responders. Yeah. yeah. Well, we when, bring something different know, to the table than men. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we're, and we're needed, mm-hmm. you know, men, you know, men just will go for it and that's fine. But, you know, there's that feeling, there's that gut level and that right. emotion that we bring that just a softness of the Holy Spirit that can be brought into a room mm-hmm. You know, the power of a praying woman, of yeah. just that that guttural just crying out to God in a way that maybe men don't. And that's what is so needed. And especially now, gosh, with this whole pandemic, you know, we need those those prayers of that, that groanings and those utterings of just, God, we need you, yeah. you know, for our children, for just so much that's happening right now. And I just feel like that is so lost. Mm. That you know, there's and there are pastors. I'm not going to blanket every pastor. Right. <laughs> there are pastors who believe in women speaking, but overall, we're we're not as vocal as we should be. Is how I feel. Yeah, and it's come a long way in the last ten years, absolutely. But yeah, yeah, I just I feel like there's just you know we need women to rise up and to speak, but to not just speak for for women's rights and empowerment, which that's all great. But what does that mean as a godly woman in Christ, in the church? You know, it's not about just, I want equality because I don't want equality. No, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a man. I'm not, I wasn't made to be a man. We weren't made to be men We're you know, our, our, our physical bodies are are developed different and we we're meant to carry different things than a man. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I've always, I've always told people, you know, like God didn't make us from a man's head. 
to be over him. He didn't make us out of a man's foot to be under him. Mm. He made us from his rib to be by his side and to yeah. parallel him in ministry yeah. and to compliment him. And, and that's what we're to do as women is just to come alongside men and just, we've got you and you need to have us and yeah. just to, to speak. Because men don't understand women. No. <laughs> <laughs> they, Wait, they, I'm they, sorry. They, say that again. <laughs> come on, Darla. They think they do. They, they think. <laughs> we're going to pretend. We're going to pretend that they know what they're doing. My but. husband's been married to me long enough where he's like, I know nothing about you. <laughs> right. And the more you realize that, the more it's like, the more I realize I just don't know you. Yeah. And it kind of goes both ways. And so it's okay. Yeah. Anymore. Exactly. And that's, and that's just it. It has to be okay. Yeah. It has to be okay that, that we are different and to embrace those differences. And yeah. it's, it's just so awesome to just watch women find their voice and find who they are and their identity and their value and realize I have something to say and it's important. And it doesn't matter how I look. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter, you know, if I'm that's 20 good. pounds overweight or 20 right. pounds underweight or if I'm, you know, black, yellow, purple, green, orange. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, it's it's that voice that God has given me something to yeah. say, and I'm going to say it. Also, I think uh, women have, like, such a great intuition, too, that is separate from, like, men are logical thinkers, and that we need that. So what I love is that there's a... Um, there's a syncopacity between mm-hmm. the two where mm-hmm. it's like so good where women can bring this emotional, intuitive side and men can bring this logical side to it. Although even in those realms, like both sexes could have a place, place. with mm-hmm. that. But yeah, I think yes. it's something where if, um, if the church is open to bringing in that feminine quality, there is that intuitional kind of thing where, women have this great spiritual feeling yeah, that think God that imparts can, on them. I think we're really good at feeling a room. Like I know yeah. that like, yeah. when I have to like lead worship and I, I can feel the temperature yeah. of the room. Men are like, the, let's get it yeah, done. They're like, we got, yeah, yeah. we got a script. We're going, I'm not every, not every man. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I know a lot of preachers are very sensitive to the, to the room, but I'm just saying that there is something about us that we inherently have it. And, mm-hmm. and we have this empathy yeah. about us too, mm-hmm. where, you know, we are very, mm-hmm. most of us are very empathetic. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, women make great preachers yeah. because they are, they feel And it, it doesn't mean you can't be strong, Yeah, but yeah, there's just these right. qualities that are different, which is exactly how God wanted us to be. So yeah, I don't think it's, yeah. I, I don't think it's wise to have one over the other. I just think it would be good to have a combination of all of that. I think it would make even a male pastor more um, expressive if he mm-hmm. had a think tank of like different kinds yeah. of people and sexes in there to say like what is yeah. the what is the room about what is our congregation about you know and just yeah. pull from that yeah. and mm-hmm. I think you know just in I mean just in the world in general whether it's in church or in business you are seeing more women kind of infiltrate right. into different leadership positions and you do mm-hmm. see a difference like when you have a balance of mm-hmm. you know men and women in a in a place of work or even in a church i mean i know that our church like when our pastor's wife speaks you know people love it they mm-hmm. they love connecting with her and so i do think that's mm-hmm. it's really important and i love the fact that you you address that because it's true you know we have to we're, we we have a voice we have something that we needs to be said and we 
we are very good at helping people get through difficult things. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, the more we can just lift each other, I think that's one of our biggest weaknesses as women is that we tend to not lift each other up and then it becomes backbiting and that's our biggest downfall. Like, I feel like that, if that's the one place that the enemy can put his foothold in, um, in leadership, especially with women, it's, it's in that place where it's like, oh, well, you know, she's better than me. It's the comparison thing that we do on a regular. Oh, that comparison. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. So, it is. And it's so funny because that's what, you know, and I don't know where it kicks in somewhere in our teen years of that comparison of, well, she's got this or she's got that. And I don't, or mm-hmm. we're like, you know, the whole judging and it goes right in, it's, it's hand in hand with, with judgment mm-hmm. and, you know, we are not to judge, but it's, but yet there's that, you know, my husband laughs. He's like, why are you dressing that way? You know, <laughs> we're going out to dinner. He's like, I don't care what you look like. Yes, but there's other people out there who are going to be looking <laughs> exactly. at so Where does this come from? I care what other people <laughs> think. Yeah. Well, it's because you're more visual too. like social media, like has made it such a visual world that, yeah, you are. Mm -hmm. It's so funny you say that because like we're we're really not dressing for our husbands. (laughs) We're dressing for other women. Let's be real. (laughs) that's such an important part of being, but of living, like I was looking at your book and it's like living a faith and it's full F U L L. Mm-hmm. And I'm like that. Yeah, I love yeah. that because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like in order to be full, we need to really be confident in who we are, mm-hmm. you know? And I think yeah. we struggle with that as women. So we have to, on a daily <clears throat> basis, be telling ourselves like, I am enough. Mm-hmm. I am, you know, yeah. I am who God has called me to be. And I bring um, something good to the table. Yeah. 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 I mean, I yeah. have these little yep. note cards on the back of my desk. Mm-hmm. Phyllis can see them right now. It's like, I read them every time we, <laughs> I am a vital voice. I am a, world I am changer. a leader. I'm an agent of change. Yeah. I am pl- anointed. I am a vital, vital voice. voice. I am a world changer. changer. 
Yeah. And so, you know, I put those, I put those up there so that I could every day remind myself of who I am because there's days that you don't feel Mm -hmm. faithful. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think right now we're in that place where it's really hard to feel Mm -hmm. faithful during the season. I mean, Phyllis and I just got done talking about how we're kind of beat down girl. Uh, Like we're tired. Rhonda was holding me as I was crying (laughs) earlier today over family struggles and just like, I'm tired, you know, I'm like very, uh, it's hard, you know, and it's hard when you're in a place where, you know, your calling is to help others and be strong. But at the same time, you also have to fill up your vessel too. And so Mm -hmm. I come to Rhonda for that. I'm like, fill me up, please. I'm just falling apart. Luckily we haven't been empty at the same time recently. (laughs) How are you dealing with your Go ahead, Darla, finish your thought. so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because women, we need to be there for one another. Yeah. yeah. Instead of, you know, oh, you're having a bad day. <laughs> Sorry. You know, it's yeah. just my life is so much more important. When did that become a thing that we, you know, to reach down and to, to help one another and to be that, that sister of, you know what, let me mm-hmm. pray with you. Yeah. And not just say, I'm praying for you. But right. Stop and say, you know what? Let me pray with you right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care if we're in the grocery store or, you know, whatever. Yeah. At this point, not very many people are out doing anything yeah. anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, but when did that become a thing that, you know, it's, it's inconvenient for me to help my sister? Well, I think, too, you know, a part so of it things. is um, people are afraid to show their emotions. Mm-hmm. So Rhonda and I have gotten mm. to a place where, you know, she can tell as soon as I walk through the door. She looks and better. Her, she looks better now than when she walked through the door. Because <laughs> she walked through the door, she didn't look so good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And so it's just so nice to be able to let loose and say, I am struggling a little bit. I am hurting a little bit. Have a little cry. Like, let someone hold you and a good friend Mm -hmm. will do that. We do that for each other. And there's been times when, you know, it's been the opposite where Rhonda's just been like stressed beyond. And I'm like, okay, let's take a break Mm -hmm. for a minute. And, you know, just that, you know, I have to say just doing that, like, is and I think so... transparency, like, I think we, you know, a lot of yes. times we were chatting just about like how so often as women, we think we have to carry yeah. it on our own and yeah. we're embarrassed to share some of the struggles, the deeper and... struggles that we mm-hmm. might be having, whether, you know, it's in your marriage or with your kids or whatever it might be. And it's like, when you start to share it, you realize so most of the time people are like, Oh yeah, I totally feel like that too. too, You know, because, (laughs) because we, you know, we we do struggle with the same things yet. We're so scared to talk about them for fear that we're going to be judged. And that's why like you do have to have a safe person you can talk to, but you know, during this time, our mindsets, it's hard. It's really hard right now. And we're all struggling. And so, I mean, what, I mean, how have you been handling the mindset in this new normal? And like, what are you doing to make sure that you stay mentally healthy right now? Yeah. Um, the first month I was enjoying like solitude. And <laughs> about week five, I was like, I want out of the house. Yeah. Um, and just, it started with just realizing, you know, you need the fresh air, you need the sunshine. And just going for a walk was kind of how it started for me. But, you know, realizing, kind of tying both of those in, you know, realizing it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to share, but it's finding, and I talk about this in that first book about toxic relationships and finding the people that 
are in your inner circle. You know, mm. I mean, Jesus had the multitudes that followed him. He had the 12, but then he had the three that he took with him in the garden. Yeah. yeah. And I think we can totally parallel that in our lives, you know, that we always want a million followers and that's great. Mm. And then you have that 12 that you are close with and that mm. you can share. But then there's times where you only have those three. Yeah. And I think during this whole finding mm. this new normal for me was, who are my three? Mm. You know, who are the people that like, it's, this is what, who's going to get me through. And through this, I, you know, I thank God that, you know, I mean, it's not the ideal scenario, but you know, I learned so much about who my true friends are and who yeah. my real people are. And it's so funny because I was listening to one, I'm just going to refer to it as one of your podcasts with Alicia, uh, Alicia Joy Davis, oh, yes. you know, who mm. talked about her phone, you know, who was she reaching out to? Yeah. And that was like, oh my gosh, yes. Like that was exactly how God, you know, so finding that new normal for me was who are my inner circle and who are those people who can help me on a day when I'm like, I need sunshine, I need wow. fresh air, let's right. meet at a park with our masks and let's go on a social mm-hmm. distancing walk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and absolutely. that kind of became what my new normal had become of these are the things, you know, that I need to do for myself of getting out of the house, of going for a walk mm-hmm. and finding my new normal. And it was kind of neat because God actually gave me the scripture during all that of Mark two twenty two about the new wine and the new wine skin. Mm. And he's like, I'm stripping everything off of the old so you can have new wine skin. So when all this changes and your new normal mm. is actually going to receive new wine and you're going to have a whole new outlook on life coming out of this. And I'm just excited wow. to see where God's going to go next because it's like, I do have a new wine skin now. I do have new people in my life. I mean, he literally stripped, I'd say, 90% of the people in my life away. Mm-hmm. My husband and I, Jason, we were in the middle of tra- changing churches during this pandemic. Mm-hmm. We had literally decided we were going to start going to a new church, and the next wow. day was pandemic, church was shut down. Oh. So we hadn't had a chance to lock in to, like, get to know the pastors. You know, like, it was like, okay, here we go. <sighs> and just, the, you know, God being so faithful on, you know, uniting my husband and I even stronger and getting to know this, you know, pastor better. And through this whole, you know, Zoom has become our best friend. Yeah. <laughs> right. Getting to know people. Yeah. But it just, it's so awesome of just, you know, you, you have to learn and it's a learned thing. It's definitely not something that happens overnight of just, okay, God, this is a really yucky situation. Help me find the the pearl in this. Mm-hmm. Help me find the pearl of wisdom that I'm to learn on how I can be more full of your faith and walk through this. And I think the church, you know, this is a perfect example of, you know, churches as a building <laughs> have, you know, closed. Yeah. But we're the church. Yeah. Right? So what are we going to do to rise up? And it just, I think... That was my big challenge, and I'm such a writer. I've got, like, six journals that I filled in about <laughs> four months of just of just me talking things through. And I guess journaling has gotten me through a lot. Yeah. Of just, you know, researching scriptures and doing things like that. But that's, mm-hmm. yeah, my new normal, I'm excited because I've got a whole new wineskin, so I'm ready for my new normal. <laughs> yeah, that is so well, awesome. it's probably yeah. a good thing to... <laughs> for everyone to realize this is a time of cleansing and Mm -hmm. clearing out and Mm -hmm. it's a perfect time to really sit and think, you know, do those relationships serve me anymore? Where have those people gone that maybe don't have not reached out to you since the very beginning? Maybe they're not your Mm -hmm. people 
And so mm-hmm. that's, this is a great time. I love that you say like, you're, you're going to be new when this whole thing changes yeah. and we don't know what that change is going to look like. It may not look the same, no. but <laughs> at least, you know, you're preparing the life that you want, how you want your life to look. Yeah. And I think that's important. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same. I feel like, you know, this time I feel like it's been like an incubation period where Mm -hmm. we're in this incubator and we're getting healthy and stronger Mm -hmm. and all of those things, you know, aren't easy because they're going to test your faith and they're going to test, you know, patience. Yeah. Your patience (laughs) and your mental health and all these things. But, you know, just like when a child goes into the incubator to get strong so that they can come home from the hospital, right? That's what God is doing to us right now. He's giving us little doses of strength so that when we get out of this, we are going to be stronger than ever. And I think Mm -hmm. if we could get that, our mindsets around that Mm -hmm. and know that, yeah, this Mm -hmm. is tough, but he's, he's faithful in the completion of what he has set out to do. And, and that isn't easy. That isn't easy every day, especially when you, you know, you've been in quarantine for so long, you just kind of are like, is it over yet? Like, you know, I mean, my patience is running a little thin. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. (laughs) So, so Darla, we have one last question for you. And that is our famous question of (laughs) what would you tell your 22 year old self? Snap out of it. No, um, <laughs> Snap out of it. I love it. <laughs> no, um, honestly, I, I, I would tell her to just be available. Mm. You know, so many times, you know, I let the expectations of thoughts and others kind of control what God may be trying to do and, mm. you know, do to me and through me. And, you know, in my 20s, it was all about, you know, Am I ever going to find him, the one, mm. you know, and am I ever going to get married? And I couldn't start my ministry until I found my husband. Like, that was my mindset. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And <laughs> Such and a pastor's kid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's like I tell my niece, and she's 21, so it's kind of funny because I, I kind of talked to her while she was visiting and just kind of sharing with her, and I thought, gosh, I need to write this down. And I wish I had, but it was just telling her, you know, like, you don't need a man Mm -hmm. to do ministry. Mm -hmm. The only man you need is God. He can help you do your ministry. You know, Jesus walking beside you. That's what your ministry is Oh, preach, girl. Yeah. I I love that. I love that. Like I said, I didn't. I didn't meet my husband until I was in my 30s, and we didn't get married till 39. And that was way wow. past my expiration date in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I look back now, and I wish I would have told myself when I was 21, 22, that mm-hmm. you don't need a man to define you. Yeah. He's to complement your ministry. Yeah. He's to come and accessorize what God's already doing. Yeah. And... You know, and I look at my husband now, and he's nothing what I pictured. I was expecting I had to marry another pastor's kid or a missionary's kid or something, and he was none of those things. Same. And <laughs> I, right, and he, but he's the perfect person that, you know, God knew I needed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, instead of, you know, women, you know, girls who make that list of the perfect mate, throw that thing away. Yeah. Get into the scripture. Yeah. Read what God wants for you. And that's your list. Let wow. God make the list of what he knows you need. I love that. And so that's definitely what I would tell myself is, girl, get snap out of it. Get over it. You know, <laughs> be available. To You're going to be like Cher slapping your face. Yeah. <laughs> snap out of it. Snap out of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, oh. It 
has been so amazing to talk to you, Darla. Thank you so much for sharing um, with us today. And tell us how they can find you on social media and your website where they can get your book. So go ahead. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm on Facebook and Instagram and I'm under Darla Lynn Solace. And because my first name's not unique enough, my mom added an E to Lynn. So it's spelled differently. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) she just had to make my whole name unique. (laughs) Darla Lynn Solace on either Instagram or Facebook. And then you can either find my books and everything else that I'm selling at DarlaLynnSolace.com. Awesome. So you can find everything there. And I try to update my website. Um, I'm working on getting some merchandise because we all love merchandise. Oh, you yeah. got to have your merch, girl. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, that's in the process. And like I said, the Spanish version of living mm. a faithful life um, launches. Actually, it should be going out come the end of August or end of July. <laughs> pandemic. I don't even know what day I'm uh, <laughs> Last day of July. It's going to be going out. So the beginning part of August. So by August 8th, I should have them in my hot little hand. So, um, and then we'll be doing a book launch um, virtually. So that's in the works. So yeah, that's where nice. you can find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much oh. again for being on. You were a joy to have on. And- oh, thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Yeah. I love that you guys are just amazing. And oh. I love what you guys do and what you stand oh. for. So. Thank, thank you. you. And to our 24 Carat Tribe, we love you guys. And we hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram on 24 Carat Conversations, as well as our new Facebook group. And like, subscribe, and share. And until next time, 24 Carat Tribe, sparkle up. Bye, peeps. Bye.